This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 89, sponsored by Jim Haney's Universe, GeekArmor.com, and the Netflix. Podcast episode eighty nine. My name is Connor. I'm here with Josh. Hello, and Ron. Hello, and we are a fanboy. We like comics. We read comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book they read that week. They write a review on the website, and then we come here to this podcast to talk about it and other books of the week and other topics of interest. But before we get going, a quick reminder: this is a review show for the week. So if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to pause the show and come back later when you're done because we are going to spoil things and talk about storylines and things. So we don't want to ruin the book for you. Come back uh, later, and you'll have more fun. This week, Josh had the pick. Josh, hey, uh, thanks. Uh, I'm I'm glad to be back. Uh, by the way, you guys did a very good show last week without me, and I was upset that I couldn't be there. Uh, well, good to have you. <laughs> it's like Johnny Carson around here. Uh, this week was was um, a killer. I mean, like literally. Every book I had had something in it for me that I was like, that was really good. And this was – I had a really hard time picking. Um, but at the end of the day, I um, I went with uh, Fables uh, number 63, which uh, you know seems like it's a normal pick. I actually haven't picked this book that much. Um, we are in the midst of a, uh, a storyline, uh, The Good Prince, which is about um, – the, the janitor named Fly, uh, and he finds out – basically he recently found out 
what had happened to him in his past. He'd had like uh, post-traumatic stress disorder or, or amnesia, and he'd forgotten. And he finds out all this horrible stuff happened to him. And in this story is sort of his redemption. He decides he has to go do something. He ends up with all this armor and, and Excalibur, and his personal advisor is Lancelot, and it's this whole thing. And basically what it is is it's starting to be the culmination of the story has been building up for a long time. And one of the reasons that I picked this was because it, it – um, as I wrote in my review, it had the the idea that I've been reading this story for years now, and it was just bringing in all these elements that they've been building slowly over the years, just like like the best kind of you know like a really long novel, like you know like a Neil Stevenson novel or something like that, where things would happen. I would like this was literally in my life years ago when they set this part up, and it all just sort of came together in this issue. And, and to you know to crib Ron's sort of uh, you know trademark phrase now, stuff happened. Just tons of stuff was happening. Um, and whereas it's been feeling like the story's been being set up for a really long time, and this one just like the story kicks off and you you know like the next, you know we're, we're at that that top of the roller coaster part, you know and it's right. just about to go over the hill and down. Um, the anticipation of of the oh it's right you, you know but more so you know like a lot of times you're like well this was a setup issue waiting for the action like this was the thing that actually what it is is it's actually sort of pushed you right over the edge. You know, and you're just about to go down, and then tune in next time. You know, like that. Right. Um, but but the 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 way that it was all built from the you know, if you've been reading this book all along, uh, God, if you've been reading it in issue form, this is this is a lot of stuff coming back. This is things that came back from the first couple issues. Some of the stuff that you guys have read um, are referenced in this. You know, they 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 just are all over the place. And besides that, going on in in the other the fables are preparing for this huge war. So. They go around and and you, you've ever heard of like um like those commando camps where they go and they teach rich dudes or whoever like how to shoot and hunt in the jungle and they went around and they bought a bunch of those so they're gonna train all all the fables to be you know like badass mercenaries and stuff and you, you get the idea that like the story actually feels like it's it's culminating now like this is gonna be oh this is it you know like this is, is this is this a book that's got an ending or is it is not this... not as far as I've understood it I've always understood it to be you know an ongoing. And it's always possible, but you know, I, I don't know how it's going to end. It's not one of those things like where you're like, well, I know in the end the good guys will be victorious because it doesn't feel like that, which is really fun. I, I think I, you know, like I wrote that World War Hulk, you have a pretty good idea what's going to happen. You know, you know, you know, at the end of the thing, the whole thing's going to be back to the status quo somehow in the Marvel universe, and you know, all the people are going to be back to their own books, and you know, eventually Captain America's going to come back. But in the book like this. You know, I don't know what's going to happen at all. It could it could mm-hmm. go any way because you know one thing that he can do with a book like this because nothing else depends on it. You know, he could have uh, the bad guys take over Earth and then it's like post post apocalyptic magic world. You know, and just change everything and start a whole new thing there. Um, but basically, I just I just dug this. Um, you know, and normally when we we talk about the art, we'll be like the art was really good and this and, and you know. This art was on par with what it's been the rest of the time. One of the things that that I noticed is that Buckingham, uh, each of the characters, and there's 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 seemingly hundreds of characters, has its own look, has its own thing, and, and they're all iconic. You always know who they're looking at, which is pretty cool considering they don't have superhero costumes, which is usually the signifier that comic book artists use. But there's hardly anybody in this, and these, you know, like I said, these are characters from the first few issues, which was like five, six years ago, that are coming back, and instantly they sort of spark back into your mind about who they are and the stuff that has happened. But it just made there's, me want to go ahead. No, there's no, there's no that guy face. There's no like, 
It's really standard face. There's not a lot of that, and they're really good at at keeping things straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's very little that that guy face, uh, definitely. Which is you know, because if you look at Prince Charming, who's you know the the mayor of you know he's just he's that he's that guy. He's a white dude with dark short hair, but you right. always know who he is for some reason. Um, and I think that's one of the sort of the strengths of this this artwork. Uh, basically, uh, if you haven't been reading this book. Don't go pick up sixty three. Definitely don't do it. You know, like it's the middle of a story. That's the culmination of a whole thing. But it's not a jumping on point. God, no, not at all. Not just like when Ron was saying with X Men two hundred. That's not either. But at the same deal is if you uh, have been reading the the trades and you know you get to a story or an issue or something like, well, it's not that good. Like this book is a long haul book, and at the end of the deal, like you're getting, you're going to get your payoff for all this stuff. It really feels that way. And, you know, to see something planned out that long is really impressive, I think, from a creative standpoint. Have you been uh, enjoying it recently? I mean, has it been, has it been good the whole, for a while? He, yeah. There hasn't, not, been, there hasn't been a lot of talk about Fables in a while. Well, you know what, this, like. the last story arc before this one, I don't even quite remember what it was. It was like, just sort of, it was an okay one. And then this storyline, this is the third or fourth uh, story issue in this story arc, uh, the Good Prince, and uh, and actually in Jack of Fables, they're doing a story concurrently called The Bad Prince. Um, they have nothing to do with one another, supposedly. Uh, there's been a nice slow burn, like where they took one of the main characters, Fly, who's the who's the Good Prince, uh, who's the janitor of Fable Town. You may have met him. He's the guy who wears the orange jumpsuit in the stuff yes. that you guys have read. Yeah, he's in the beginning. It basically, they 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 take something out of that character and turn him into something new. That's mm-hmm. you know very sort of ultimately satisfying after this sort of do nothing character who's been in the background and it's it's utterly you know believable and and it, and it's just been a nice slow burn you know it's like not every issue had something in it that blew you away but it's been good and then this part is the one where you're like okay now it it's gelled I see where it's it's gonna start to go even though I don't know where it's gonna go but you know it's going somewhere so well, it's good it's good to hear that it's going somewhere because the the point where I, I left off in the trade didn't make me want to continue did you read anything. the did you read from the second trade. Uh, I've read farm? one and two. I've read one and two. And yeah. the second one is that's Animal Farm, right? Yeah, that was. Yeah, okay. that's my least favorite story. So that's, I, I, that was where the momentum stopped for me. Like, well, that's uh, that's that's where I dropped the book. Mm. You know, originally, um, and a lot of people say that. Now, you know, I know I understand there is a, you know, a fairness to say, oh, I have to buy this book for 18 issues before it's good. You know, that does kind of suck, and I admit that. But for me, absolutely worth it. But it's back now, so that's good. And it's uh, good so to, good. Yeah, okay. So, uh, and now let's and, talk about something you guys can talk about. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, to to build off of that, um, you know, in the whole, and I totally can understand the the idea of momentum and stuff happening. You know, much I love that, but you know, um, I got that same feeling re- reading the both Nova and the New Avengers. Um, yeah. I, I thought I thought both of those books uh, for Marvel this week really had that kind of like we're just like nova just kind of is just creeping up to the top of the of the hill but like new avengers i think we're we're starting going down the hill on the roller coaster yeah um and and what made me think of it um was the fact that what you mentioned in fables the idea of a built-up story over time like i'm really getting that feeling with the scroll invasion that this is what bendis has planned for from like the very very beginning of him on avengers yeah i i um, and i love that yeah, so do I, and 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 like I know a lot of people have been very critical of, of the whole scroll thing, and and Electra was a scroll, and people are questioning it and not liking it, whatever. I'm absolutely loving it because the earliest earliest threat to the Marvel universe was the scrolls in Fantastic Four, and they were totally goofy and stupid. Is that before, but they, is that before Galactus? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was like in the first ten issues. 
Um, it first, it, it, it's in it's in that first omnibus, but it's like early, early in the Fantastic Four run. They run into scrolls and they're really kind of goofy and they don't know what they're doing. But they're shapeshifters and they 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 know they they want Earth for some reason and all this kind of stuff. Is that the one where they get turned into cows? Yes. Now, because I and I've never read this, but Grant Morrison did the Scroll Kill Crew. Yep. Which was like years and years and years later. It was what happens to those cows. Yeah. Which yep. is a great starting point. Which yeah, yeah, it's that? really great. Um, no, I, I've never read the Skull Kill Crow. I meant to, but I don't think they've collected. There's something the, wrong with that. Have yeah, they collected in trade or? There's, I think there was something like bad about it. Yeah, like, so that they won't reprint it. Yeah, if you know, write in. Yeah, <laughs> but um, New Avengers, I thought was just like I. I mean, I it was the first book I read this week, and I was turning the page, going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" You know, like it really yeah. blew me away. I, I, this was I, this I, was him mastering his characters. I mean, the, you know, the dynamic between the characters was all great and. And I was actually disappointed that the plane crashed because I wanted them to continue on with the conversation. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, You know, what's funny is I was about halfway through this, and I'm going, this is just people arguing in a plane, and it's riveting. Yeah. And, and I was like, but it was funny because this is exactly what people get annoyed at Bendis about. And it was exactly what I really liked about it. You know what fantastic. I mean? Fantastic. I know it was great, and 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 like the thing is like the whole Wolverine speculation thing. Like he's now he's nailed Wolverine. I'm fine with Bendis and Wolverine. Yeah, I thought that same thing. This was totally Wolverine, and then I know I know that I'm I think I might be alone or in a small minority in terms of um, uh, Lionel used pencils, but I thought just the the facial expressions and the and the angles flowed the conversation in concert with the words so well. You know, and as as Wolverine cast a shadow on when he basically attacked everybody on the team, trying to explain why there they could be a scroll. I thought, and I thought the art just totally backed it up completely. What's funny is that he was also making. It felt like Bendis is also making a comment on every fan criticism of the inconsistencies of everything. You know, which right. some people find cutesy. But I was. I like, don't know. If, I don't know about that. I mean, I, th- I. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that because I. I mean, because I personally, I don't think they care so much about fan criticism, so much to work it in the book. I, I think, thought that the joke about Wolverine, you know, being, you know, it would explain why he's in so many places at once is just is the easy joke and funny and actually made me laugh out loud. But yeah. I don't think it, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't read into it that much. You know, what I mean, like I, a part of me doesn't really no. believe that they care as much with the. Well, the thing is, know, if fan you know. criticism or not, logic, think, logical thinking, you know, like Bendis probably notices these same things. Yeah, it's a yeah, way of I mean, commenting on those things, whether it originates from fans or whatnot. But it's those thoughts that everybody's sort of having. Yeah, I mean, like it's and the the thing is, they he makes a logical argument about everybody as he moved from one person to another. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You it's know, also so. like almost a justification, or not even justification. It's like a weird explanation of of like all of the comments about Bendis. Like, well, you're not writing this guy like he is, and you know, these have all changed. It's not the way they used to be. You know, it's that that evolution of characters that people seem to complain about. You know, right. and they're just—he's sort of pointing them out and bringing them into the into light. Best joke in this, by the way, was Peter Parker saying, "If I was a scroll, I would have picked someone cool. Why would I pick me?" Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, I thought I just thought it was great, and and the and so I and so now the speculation is like, you, for some reason, you assume that one of them are, are, are a scroll on this team. But I have no reason to believe that any of them are scrolls, you know. Um, but right now, I guess I mean I guess the good money's on Spider Woman. Um, well, unless, I think that's red herring. Unless yeah, yeah. So, so do I. Yeah, He's taking the body to Tony. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the clo- the close ups of her and her green eyes were too were, were, were it would be too obvious. Yeah, I agree with the, with the red, red around everybody's eyes. They're tired. I, I guess that's it. It's just kind of yeah. weird. Like it looks like a just lot flew- of sleep when you're flying from Japan to fight ninjas and, and I don't then know flying how- back. Yeah, you got a scroll in the hole and you know yeah, yeah. A scroll in the hall. 
Nice. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I seriously thought New Avengers was was damn close to being my pick for this week. Yeah, it was yeah, so good. yeah, me yeah. too. Return of the My Boxers Bub ad too. So that's that's. Oh awesome. yeah. Oh, well, speaking of ads, real quickly, did you Marvel notice Water? the? No, did you know? <laughs> did, did you notice the um, the independent comics action figures by Marvel Toys? I did, in fact, notice that, and I thought it was quite odd. I was just like, uh huh. I know. I, 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 it took me a real like a while. I was like, but wait a minute, no. And then I was like. Yeah. Darkness. That's not Marv. Hold on. Yeah, it was very, very confusing. Yeah. So, but good for them. I guess they're a separate company. Go for it. So fine. Um, yeah, this was. You know, it's like. Do, do you think that he watches Battlestar Galactica? Well, maybe. I mean, maybe. I, I'm not. I'm not. It's not even a criticism. I'm not saying it's bad or anything like that. But I just wonder, like, you know, because it's basically that same idea, and there's nothing wrong with it because that's. Well, yeah. The, I mean, it's the who can you trust idea. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, that, I mean that that dates back before Battlestar. Galactica. Yeah. And why not yeah, do it? Yeah. Well, that's what the scrolls yeah. are about, really. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. so I sent Ron a text, and it, all it said was Nova, with an exclamation point. <laughs> Yeah. So you're firmly on the Nova wagon now. I started this issue and it's Nova back in space and I really I was literally like, I don't know, I you know, and then there's big brain monsters with skull faces and I just like I'm not really interested, but the more I kept going, I was like, It's not bad, it's pretty well done. It's fun. And then and again if you haven't read this and you've been thinking about getting on it, just skip a couple of minutes ahead because I got to the end and did they kill Nova? Yeah, it looks like Rich Rich is dead. Rich Ryder is dead. Yeah, and I was um, like, that's ballsy. Basically, he's back in space, and he goes, and he um, he's answering a distress call from the Kree, and and he fought alongside the Kree in the Annihilation War, and so he you know he wants to help them, and uh, basically him and the world, the Nova World Mind discover that the Kree have been infiltrated by the Phalanx. Or the phalanx, phalanx yeah, or phalanx, like or whatever it is. Um, and for anybody who read X Men, um, the phalanx were big in the X Men books. Um, the character Warlock from New Mutants is one of them, but he kind of broke away from the. And what it is is the idea of like techno organic human computers that all kind of work in concert, you know. Um, so and actually that's what gave Cable his arm and the bionic eyes, the techno organic virus from the phalanx. Uh, so, yeah. So, so anyway, but um, hang on. So okay. so they, so they find out that the Kree's been taken over by them, and so he just tries to you know get the hell out of there and he does a jump and the phalanx have set up a big kind of protected sphere around the whole Kree space and he try he tries to get out of his kind of space jump before he hits it and it just ends with him crash landing on a planet that's got a few Kree survivors left and like what happened to Nova in the beginning of his series in the 70s his dead body lands and the you Nova flip the page and you see literally like charred burning gristle man yeah and I was like is that Nova and then you turn the page, and the the woman Cree who stumbled upon him. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we saw a woman in the Nova yeah, uniform? Yeah, woman solicitation. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out that she gets Rich's Nova helmet, and now she's Nova. So what do you think? You must be dis- you must be distressed. I'm a little distressed, although I was happy to see the old costume on her. Yeah, you, know, you know, like uh, it's all takes. Yeah, really. I was really just getting to know this character and liking him a lot. Yeah. But then at the same time, I think it takes enormous balls to do that. Totally huge balls. I mean, like he just, like he just yeah. spent almost basically four issues building up this this book that has great word of mouth about a character that couldn't sell books before if he tried. Yeah, and then he just offed him. Well, that's, that's interesting because then I would wonder how much buzz is the book really generating if I haven't heard about this until now. You know uh, what I mean? Oh, what the, the fact that he died—that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard from anybody. 
gnashing their teeth like when Bart died or when you know when they killed off even when they killed off Firestorm. I heard you know for for weeks. Well, that's a good observation. I purposely avoided talking about the comics because we record the show with you, so I haven't heard you. I know, know, but but um, but plus also I think you you, possibly you're more clued into DC than Marvel. I mean, I don't know. I I mean, I read all the websites. Maybe maybe when I say there's a buzz, I just mean that there's. I just hear a lot of people talking about this book where you don't expect them to. It's like one of those – remember like – it's like one of those books that every, the people who read it absolutely love it and sure. then it gets canceled. Yeah, It's right. going to be like The Thing or like uh, – what was the old Peter David uh, – the Captain Marvel book you know, with Chris Cross. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, this, that. Uh, now, unfortunately, much like you know Captain America, stuff like that, I don't actually believe it until – you know, it's I, I don't know. I mean, like I don't know what to believe. Yeah, yes, I saw a burned up body, and now she's a Nova. But the but uniform changed. Yeah, it's comics. Like the the uniform changed. You know, how do we know this isn't somebody else from the Nova Corps who got away from annihilation? The thing you know is, I, I mean? saw like, him all burned up, and I thought, okay, he's got the Nova suit and the power still, so that'll help him. But then when I saw that he had gone to her, I thought, well, maybe right. I'll. Be. But then again, he has the power of all the Nova Corps, so maybe right. it just gave her power for one, which is why she has the regular suit. Maybe, yeah. And the thing is, as I'm looking at it, like the the charred remains body has the little pointy elbows and the pointy um the the pointy knees like Nova did. I, th- I mean, I think it's I think it's Rich Ryder. I think he's dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sh- I was shocked. Severely I mean, injured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Somebody so. get the Morrissey in the black suit. Ron's going back to bed. No, it's not that. I mean, we'll, we'll see what up happens. Like Portolani in the Oz uh, pilot. <laughs> huh? There's going back for you. So I mean, well, so but I'm de- I'm definitely you know wait awaiting issue number five to see kind of you know, what like, the ant- beginning. I was like, well, maybe this will be the one I don't like, and not the case. It was great. Right. I, I, really I hate liked. you guys. This was almost right. this was almost my pick. It, it, that it was that good. You my think? Mind. Yeah, I just I, <laughs> you know what? I just didn't expect it. It surprised me. It entertained me. It yeah. did all those things, and it, it you know it took it yeah. took chances. Things happened. Yeah. Um, conversely to things happening, um, there was a book this week that I really enjoyed where I didn't think that majorly things happened, but um, in Justice Society of America number seven. Oh, it's um, nice to be back. It, it was it, it was really really good. I thought. Yep. I mean, back to pre Justice League crossover, yep. you know, quality level. Yep. I mean, an issue like this makes me want to go out, and I'm very close to doing it, going out and buying all the previous trades of the JSA run. Yeah, I could see be- that because I'm completely mystified and curious about these characters. And I would borrow those from you. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. At the beginning, though, all I could think is, God, they've added another member. They just keep adding them. And know, know what I think? And and to that to that to that point, when they go out on like whatever the mission or whatever the thing is towards later in the book, yeah. and they kind of roll out, and the, the, there's that little the logo roll call, yeah. right? Which I just for some reason I just love. I, that's yeah. fantastic. I yeah, mean, yeah. and the, and if they're going to do that every time something happens, that's I'm fine with a cast of thirty. You yeah, know you, what I mean? You know like, and the other the other compliment that you've got to give Jeff Johns is that again, just I keep, we keep coming back to it though he. He's handling all these characters. There's yeah. different things going on. It doesn't. I know who everybody is. I don't. No one's getting shortchanged. You don't feel like you're lost. There's too much happening. No, fantastic. It, it, for some reason, I don't mind that they keep they keep adding a character every issue. No, just, great stuff. Superman and and Starman. That was a great little little like, yeah. little yeah, scene. I mean, really just, touching the whole the main this main character, Citizen uh, Steel. Steel. Citizen Steel. Yeah. Really touching. You know, it was it was great. I just love I love the I love the legacy and the history and that all the characters have ties to one another no matter how vague or thin they are you still believe them and yeah. and I mean much more so than the Justice League I mean it's it's really like I understand the importance of this team in this book and it's I'm glad it exists a ton you know? of themes to be 
to be juggling, and he's doing it very sort of seemingly effortlessly. Yeah, they also yeah. juggled Nazis, which was cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's always good. So um, yeah, no, so, this, yeah book, this... this book has always been really good. Um, if if you want, uh, you won't be disappointed if you buy those old Jeff Johns trades. Um, for you know, every time he he did the book twice. He did it actually. This is, this is him and James time. Robinson. It's him and James Robinson. Oh no, it's him, David. Him and David Goyer. Uh, yeah. Him and yeah. So I mean, like, but now this is really his book, you know. So. Right. Well, he did it, he did it solo for a while too, but it's, it it was always. Mm. I mean, this is the best run. Maybe, I don't know why. Maybe it's just that this is the right time for it. But it was always really, really good. So mm. you won't be disappointed if you read any of those. Yeah, I mean, and, and this could potentially be a good jumping on point too, because it's the it's post it is the the JLA um, uh, crossover, and it really kind of it's starting from basically somewhat from scratch. You know what I mean? Like it just it's just picking up where stuff left off and just move on. So I mean, there's tangential um, references to it. That's just mostly the Superman Starman scene, but right. you could you could easily pick this up and you then infer if, you want, if you liked it, you could go back and probably there's going to be a trade of you know the, the ones before it. You know, it, it's that's not going to ruin what's going on now though. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so how did how did Justice Society of America compare to probably what I'm guessing is at least Connor's most anticipated book of the week in Green Arrow Year One, number one? Um, I was reading this and I was there were points in it where I was like, because mm, he changed things just a little, and I had to, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody, somebody's in an apartment. Going, are you all right? And he's like, yeah. You need to go to the bathroom. No. There's, there's one. There's, I was gonna make one nitpick about the book, but I was gonna keep it to myself because Uh I was afraid you guys were gonna jump all over me. But I'm curious to hear what the things were that you were upset that you changed. I'm not. I wasn't upset. It was just kind of like I had to come around and accept that that's this is what happens in a modern reboot. And by the end of it, I was fine. Well, what, 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 like, for example, it was was like, um, uh, he was not like in this. All right, in in Green Arrow Year One, number one by uh, Andy Diggle and Jock, who the team that did the losers. we basically were introduced to Oliver Queen and his 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 man at arms type dude that goes on adventures with him, and he he's boozy. Oliver's boozy, and he he's kind of reckless, and he does things to get. You know, he base jumps and goes on goes on ice shelves and does Hack- things. Yeah. Action junkie, action junkie playboy, yeah, basically, mm-hmm. and um, or Alice in Chains lead singer. He uh, yeah yeah, and uh, what, what what was different from the old storyline was was. He never, as far as I remember, I'm not 100%. I could absolutely be wrong. Someone will tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm not claiming to be an expert, but uh, I don't remember him being an archer or any kind of archer before the island. I always Interesting. I, I think from the old story is, in order to survive, he had to learn to be an archer, and that was part of his, like, well. his survival mechanism was was learning to be an archer, an expert archer. This in this one he's had archer training. He just has sort of ignored it because he's he's rich and doesn't care. You and, know what? Yeah, I I I realize reading this I don't know I've never read an Oliver Queen uh origin, I guess. Right. But you know, if, if you say it like that, it's still it's No, and that's that was where I can't, that's where at first I was like, "Oh, fine, yeah. whatever." But now I'm fine with it. It's just a matter so of me He still has to but, learn how to do it. It's a matter of but then, but, my brain into, into realizing this is going to be slightly different, and I've got to be cool with that, and I'm cool with it now. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that there, I think that, and I just, I just, you talking about it just made something click, and I turned to the page. Um, in the book, he's at a, a celebrity auction, and the uh, the bow and arrow of the guy who is the stunt double for Errol Flynn in the old Robin Hood movies right. is up for auction, and the auctioneer is is talking about it, and he's talking about the importance of Robin Hood and yeah. you know, charity and everything, and he makes the point of saying how you know you know that 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 there is 
only one law of the jungle, survival of the fittest. Right. Which sounds like what ties into his original origin of, of having to survive and learn archery. He's still going so to have to. I mean, he's still- yeah, exactly, exactly. The theme is still there. It just it just it gives it a little more plot. Because honestly, you know, it, drop me on an island, give me a bow and arrow. I can't. I'm, I'm not sure I'll be able to learn that. Right. You know, well, and like give, giving him some. Giving him some basis of training maybe makes it just a little more plausible. I think you, you know, spend so. the first few days walking around trying to find a cell phone signal before you collapse of exhaustion. Something like anyway, that. Anyway, so um, – My phone doesn't work. Um, I, I would, I, now, the, I, the thing is you know, a lot of people um, a lot of people like Jock's art a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't think it was that amazing. You know, I thought it was good, you know. I love it. Um, it's really dynamic. No, I really yeah. – if you look at just – it's funny because there's that one – there's the one image where it's in all the ads, and it's in the middle of this book. It just has words it's pointing over. the arrow. Yeah, um, yeah, that's really good. That is a good. There's piece. a lot yeah. of pieces like that. In My here. favorite page yeah. is the fight at the end on the boat. Where there's one panel of the silhouette of the guy jumping, and he crashes down. And oh, yeah, it's right all it. interesting panel layouts, and it's all very dynamic. He drew Faker last week, which I, was, I thought was not very good. Oh, interesting. You mean I thought the it was art? Okay. The yeah, the art. The art. Okay. I thought it was not no that wasn't that, that's a bad phrasing. I thought it was okay. I thought it was not as good as his um, losers work, which made me worried for this book. But I, I I see now that he's he looks like he's putting all of his effort into this book. I think one of them, one of the two, I think was done ahead of time. Right is, is my because we haven't he hasn't been doing anything regularly for a while. This one comes out in two weeks. The next right week is probably this one, which makes yeah. me think that he had these stacked up. Right, which is we awesome. One or the other, yeah. He's got all this stuff They're out there. Blow through these real quick, which is really good. smart, you know, for him from a marketing standpoint to come out with two different books at the same time, just before San Diego and everything. Like he's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kind of drop on the scene. Like yeah, that. yeah, it's you know two cool. sort of big deal things. I really yeah, like Sneaker, by the way. I would I would say to pick it up. I think Ron, you might like it. Um, yeah, no, I heard, I've heard good things about it. Ron, so. what was your nitpick then? My one nitpick was is that I'm okay with the modern retelling and the year one stuff like that, but just don't put in something as specific as the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, because then this place, this place, this for me, this dates it right. in in you know in a time period, and not that not that I think that it should be you know the 40s or the 50s or the 60s or whatever, definitely Silver Age or anything like that. But I I'm kind of big on it being timeless, and by putting in a direct reference to 1989, it's now dated for me. 1991, yeah. 91 was it? I thought it was 89. I think 91. No. It was okay, good. yeah. In around there. Yeah, in around there then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. um, but anyway, anyway, you know, like, I mean, yeah, it, it, I, it, I noticed it, that, and I thought of it too, except it's one of those things like when you start dealing with time in comic books, you either have to ignore it and act like nothing, or you, ha- or you can refer to something and just sort of recognize that that's, you know, not to be taken too seriously, I guess. Well, no, I mean, I mean, you, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, Batman's story is that, you know, originally he saw the, the Zorro the Gay Blade, you know. No, or, no, right. no, no, not Zorro the No, it wasn't Zorro the Gay Blade. That's yeah. the name of the show, right? <laughs> oh, that would have been, that would have been much different. Whatever. That would have been much. Well, there was a Gay Blade somewhere. Uh, either no, that way. Was the, but, that was the George Hamilton spoof yeah, movie. That's fine. Which, which is a fantastic movie. Let's not. It's, fan, it's great. Yeah, By the way, it's really the good. Batman mythos would have been much different had he seen it. He that's the, a whole, yeah, that's what I was saying. a whole closet of different colored Batman suits. <laughs> well, there are toy companies who think he does. Maybe he did go see Zoro the Gay Blade. <laughs> Arctic Attack, fire retardant Batman. Um, yeah, but I, that doesn't... I mean, the, I, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I mean, it's obviously modern telling just by the look and his hair and all that kind of stuff, you know, but... I could have done but, the goatee myself. Yeah, well, you seem to be very anti-goatees just well, in general. The, to me, that dates it way yeah. more because that says to me, you know, that's like... Extreme, you know, like I don't. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know, but like I said, that was just a nitpick. Uh, other than, but other than that, it was enjoyable. I mean, I'm, I'm lo- I love the year one story, so I'm totally all over it. So. A great cover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, I kept turning really... back to it and looking at it. Yeah. Well, good book. Good book. Um, Jim Hanley's Universe is one of America's best and most progressive comic book stores. Jim Hanley's Universe offers the best selection of comic titles and related merchandise from mainstream manga to minis. Jim Hanley's Universe has it all. When in New York City, come and visit the place where art and literature meet. That's Jim Hanley's Universe. Jim Hanley's Universe is located opposite the Empire State Building in Midtown Manhattan. And they're also in Staten Island at 325 New Dorp Lane. You can visit them at www.jhuniverse.com or at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. That's J-I-M-H-A-N-L-E-Y-S Universe. Go there and friend them. Friends them on MySpace, and if you're in New York, check them out. Tell them uh, iFanboy sent you. You know, the other thing that they told us, too, is that if there's a book that you think is hard to find or you can't get anywhere, you contact them, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, they got access. Yeah. They're very good, they're very good at that, actually. Yeah. They've done that before. And they can yeah. get anything. So if yeah. there's something you've been wondering about, uh, there's a great place to, to check it out. So you go through the website and see if you can find that out. I want the Mona Lisa. Well... I didn't say everything. You said anything. Ron, you you were adamant that we speak of the Madman. We had to talk about Madman number three this week, and it, and it would have been a close second to my new Avengers pick of the week, and um, it very well could have been the pick of the week. Um, I've talked about Madman before. It's slowly gaining steam. Um, it's you know the uh, Mike Allred's kind of signature creator own book. Now it's that image. Um, I told <laughs> By the last time action figure of through Marvel. Um, last yeah, true. Last time um, on issue two, remember I mentioned how it had the recap page that just showed every page from the previous issue? Which was cool. Um, they continued doing that, but what really stood out for me for this one was that on the first two pages, you open up to kind of like a Will Eisner-like kind of like title page, you know, and in a large block of text, there is this copy. This issue was made with the respectful intent to recreate the art styles of various artists, and so this issue is dedicated with the deepest affection and heartfelt apologies to anyone who may be offended. Two, and then he lists all the artists. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Why is he dedicating to all these artists? I counted. It's 144 artists. Word. Okay. Turn, so then I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I turn the page, and the gist of the story is it's all very kind of existential, metaphysical. Ma- Madman's dead. He's trying to get back to himself, and he's he meets um, another character, Mr. Excitement, um, in this kind of netherworld brain space that he's in, who's explaining that you know yourself is how you're interpreted through different people and what defines self, and it's all very kind of heady and that sort of thing. And you get about six pages in, and they kind of zoom into what is actually a comic book, and for the rest of the comic... Every panel is done in the style of the artist mentioned on the first page. So there are 144 individual panels that mimic the styles of, and now I need you guys to indulge me for a second. Wait, wait, wait. how long ago did the second one come out? About a month ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm just gonna, I'm not going to do all 144 because no one wants to hear that, but I just want to hear the cross-section of people that he pulls out of this, okay? Any as you can Ca- handle. Go. Carl, Bar- Carl Barks, Tex Avery, Chuck Jones, um, Siegel and Schuster... Bob Kane, Dick Sprang, Will Eisner, Charles Schultz, Maurice Sendak, Dr. Seuss, Hank Ketchum from Dennis, Dennis the Menace, yeah. Harvey, Harvey Kurtzman, John Romita and John Romita Jr., Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, Jeff Darrow, uh, the Brothers Hernandez, uh, Norman Rockwell, uh, Darwin Cook, Frank Cho, Adam Hughes, John Cassidy, Gene Colan, John Buscema, um, oh, Dave McKee. Dave McKean, Bill Sykiewicz, David Mack, um, Dave Sim, Carmen Infantino, Sam Keith, Bill Watterson, Michael Avon Oming, 
uh, Tim Bradstreet, Bill Tucci, uh, Jim uh, Jim Lee, T- Todd McFarlane, Joe Casada, Art Spiegelman, and all the. It's not like he grouped together like the classic comics and the thing. Uh-huh. These are all mixed. I mean, literally, it goes. You know, um, Cam Kennedy, David Bamundo, Chris Bocciolo, Terry Moore. Are they labeled? Jay, Jay Bone, China Cluxon, Michael Lark. Like, it's MC Escher. It's, ridicu- <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the thing is, is that they're not labeled in the book, and that's my only criticism. But as far as I can tell, they're in the order that he lists in this book. So, like, Dave Gibbons, Sergio Aragonis, like, everyone you can think of. How do you and, if you, and if you look at these panels... I mean, you could tell they're not these artists, uh-huh. but he he did his damn best to do it in their those styles. The Mike Mignola panel looks like it's at a Hellboy, you know. The the Charles Schultz one is like done in a strip like Peanuts, mm-hmm. where they're at the wall, you know. Um, the you know like even the China Clugson one is obviously kind of China. He does kind of cheat towards the end where he's got <laughs> a two page a two page spread of just little boxes of different Mad Men faces. Well, he, like, so Mike Allred, Mike <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did he did do a little bit of cheating in that regard, but Jesus Christ, it was it, I mean, it literally was amazing. It was I mean, I turned every page and looked at any every panel probably more. I spent more time with this comic than any other comic this week. Yeah. Wow. It was just it, it was amazing. It was like such a but the thing, but ultimately, why it wouldn't have been my pick of the week is because it was completely kind of self indulgent artist experimental type yeah. thing. Well, it was kind and, of gimmicky. Yeah, exactly, and not even that the story kind of suffered because the story is so out there from an existential kind of postmodern, you know, kind of standpoint. But it was just, it was amazing. It was so, it was, it was a lot of fun to read, and it was so, in, you know, if you love comics, whether you want, care what's the word balloons say and what the story is about, this is worth it just for the, just for the, you know, the kind of cross section of art styles. That you know, really neat. and yeah, it was very, very neat and completely. What, what I, what I, what I'm loving about this book is that it's completely unexpected with every issue. Awesome. Like I, I honestly don't know what to expect with the next issue. So, um, but ultimately the issue ends with him getting back to his body. But unfortunately, it's too late, and all of his friends and family thought he was dead, and they shot him out into space. <laughs> I'm gonna do that to you so, guys. So it ends with him going, "Too late. We've been buried in space." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So it's really good. So I mean, so if you know, it's still early. Three issues. You can probably go back and find the first and second issue. But I strongly recommend this for anybody who's a who's a big fan of comics. So that sounds crazy. Yeah, it was good. It's what it was. It was crazy. Yeah. So, um, we got a few more. We're gonna quickly shoot through here real quick. Uh, next up, uh, real quick is X Factor number twenty-one. Um, this to me and and Connor, you sort of you were sort of with no, me. I, def- I definitely agree with you on this. This is like a return to form, and it wasn't that X Factor was bad, but it, you know it got mired up in sort of taking care of some stuff and some problems. I felt the last couple of months, three months or so, it was kind of subpar yeah. in that. I didn't love them. I loved this one. Like, yeah. I, you know, this, the last couple was kind of like, eh, that was okay. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily agree because, I mean, par- partially because I'm so, you know, because I like the character so much and I'm with the story and everything. Admittedly, the, the, the presence of Pablo Ramondi on the book as opposed to the villain artist well, I think is that a big deal. definitely had to deal with it. Yeah. I was, you know, I was yeah. just looking at it and I'm going, well, he's really good. Yeah. And, and you know, having him go away, you know, absence of Ultimately, the story is still picking up, you know, stuff from the previous issues. I mean, no, they're still dealing with Quicksilver. I think, I think what like was good about this was you had a lot more of the inter-team inter- interaction. I think the, the the best part of this book is the team dynamic. You know, if this yep, whole this book was, was them the hanging out in their apartment, I'd buy that. Everybody. Yeah, griping at each other, I, I'd be yeah. fine with that too. D- did you guys notice that um, early in the issue, the girl that they brought back from France, 
that that Siren and uh, M brought back from France was wearing the old Madrox yeah, T-shirt as like a nightgown. Yeah, <laughs> I love that storyline because I want to know what the hell is going to happen with that. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I think the the Layla Layla's is going to tie back into the greater Marvel universe sooner rather than later. Layla Miller um, actually like when you guys first started talking about this long ago. I, I think I bought issue two. You know, like Layla Miller was the one thing I was like, that's really interesting, and she still is. Yep. Yep. I am still like it's not old yet, and I remember saying, "Well, it's going to get old." It's not. Yeah. It's it's and and that's the thing is ultimately she's a Bendis creation. She's from House of M, and it's gonna it's gonna all come back to a head to that somehow. She's a scroll. Yeah, exactly. I, like, <laughs> I really really liked the um, the the triangle of, of Madrox and M and Siren and the yep. whole. They still haven't they still haven't straightened out the whole "I had sex with all of you" thing and. And now it looks like there might be a baby on the way. Look at Monet. Monet's about to have a baby. Boy, was I thrown when I when I turned the page and there was the beast. I was like, what the? <laughs> I went back and I saw the little X. I was like, oh, okay. So for your weekly um, endangered species update, the beast climbed the mountain and then he talked to the high evolutionary and the high evolutionary basically said the same thing he said two stories ago. So I won't help you. This was not. I won't good. help you. This was. Not yeah. Good, so. I don't know whether they decided to make it a backup story after it was done, but it appears as if like the past three segments chapters of the story could have been like an issue right well, and they're not re- they're not reading independently unfortunately it's, so it's, you know. it's still a lot like the ultimate vision a little bit yeah yeah, yeah no it is i carry right that no. too he might have yeah, actually i don't remember was it Mark oh Miller? wow how about that superman no, confidential number five Let's forward this was awesome yes this was a this was just a fun superman story and and uh I don't even know. I just wanted to like be able to to bring it up, and I, I had so much fun reading this. Um, now, is and, Kryptonite? Is this is this saying that Kryptonite is like a person? I don't know. I don't even understand it entirely. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure either. But it's a lot of fun. And then the other half of it just being that this is this is maybe one of the most beautiful books that there is. Right. Between you know, it's it's it's. I want to say it's Darwin Cook, but obviously it's Tim Sale, and it's got to be Dave Stewart on colors. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a great book, you know, and it's it's fun to read. It's for some reason, it's it's almost it seems like it's almost impossible for a good writer not to be able to write a Superman with his parents scene and have it just not be awesome. Yeah, right, well, I I this, this is similar to, for me to X Factor in that I think the last issue uh, was kind of like, eh, it was all right. Like it was, it was kind of losing momentum, but this issue picked it right back up and from where where it was faltering before, and this is. This is good, as opposed to Batman Confidential, which I got suckered back into trying again, and that was bad. I did. I didn't mean to do that to you. You're an ass. I was like, I was like, well, it's a new artist and writer. Why don't you try it? It's like, all right. I'll, so that didn't work for you? No. no. Okay. Not recommended. Telling, telling the pre-Joker story before he was Joker. You're looking for a Superman story, and you're not finding it in the regular Superman books, or you're not finding it in J- yep. JLA. This is great. You know. Yep. I'm not a huge Superman fan. I, I really this and All Star Superman are working really well, as opposed to Batman to. Confidential and All Star Batman. I have to buy that. I think. Yeah. I have to go get the collection. Tech Jansen, the big uh, Stephen Colbert book. Yeah, I just I picked this was up this, because what, what issue is this? This is the first issue. Uh, this is, it's the first issue, really. Yeah, I know. And then last year in San Diego, they were pimping it, and it, it took almost a year to come out. When you do something like this. Uh, basically, what, what it is is that's not a good tone in your voice. The Stephen Colbert show has this thing where he wrote a fictional series of novels, sci-fi novels called Tex Jansen, and and you know the Stephen Colbert character in the TV show, The Colbert Report, is not 
talented or smart or you know he's kind of ignorant. And so the idea is that he's saying these are fantastic books that he wrote. I think it's like a spoof on the um, what are the William Shatner novels? Tech War. Yeah, there you go, Tech War. Um, and so what it is is it's a spoofy um, sci-fi story. And if you do something like this, it has to be really funny or really interesting. And there's two stories in here. And the first one, the first thing I read is neither of those things. It's kind of funny to read it in, you know, when you hear Stephen Colbert's voice in your head. But besides that, it really feels, it's just like watching uh, that character from Futurama. Uh, forget his name. The captain, dude. Brack, no, Brack, forget. But like the boisterous captain. Yeah, uh, it's exactly like that. It's just not very funny. It's not very interesting, and I was really sort of disappointed. And I kind of well, like saw it coming. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, were you surprised? No, I mean, the thing like, is, well, he didn't write it, did he? I mean, no, he, wasn't he didn't. A... He served as like sort of an executive producer, I think. There you go. That, yeah. That's uh, a sign. But it said of... also that you know some of the other uh, Daily Show people, uh, Ben Carlin, who's the executive producer of both shows, you know, they had a lot to do with it. And you know, I, you know, I thought I'd try it because I'm a big fan. And I, I, if a know, lot to do with it, mean it has to mean writing it. If it means anything else, no, absolutely. Um, you know, but what I think they did wrong was they got comic people to do it, and so it's huh. sort of a bad. Like it's it feels like Fear Agent, but without being funny or exciting. And it's just like a bad spoof. Now there was two stories in here. They were done by different writers and artists. Both the second story is much stronger and is is definitely funnier. Um, the first one, like your intro story, is just not, and it was so. So that that means you're not going to. Is there another issue? I, there another? There, it's a it's a five issue series apparently. I don't. Oh god, I'm not going <laughs> to. Sounds that. miserable. <laughs> just, just, here, here's what's good about it. I just well to be fair, um, it, it was four bucks, which kind of sucked, but it was two big stories. Oh god, the paper quality is like a thick, heavy paper, but it's not glossy, so it feels kind of like an old pulpy comic, which I thought was a nice... It's a little bit muted. It's sort of a nice feel to it. It's got it's got a very... Like, texturally, it's really nice. Um, Are you really... T- t- like, the paper's the, the highlight? <laughs> it's actually, it's actually, it, it kind I mean, of is. I mean, I'm a big fan of printing so, and paper and stuff like that, but, like, is that the best thing? You know, like, you're in the store, pick up the paper and take a look at it, and, you, and you'll okay, be like, well, well, that is nice. It's a really and good book. book. <laughs> and the book slapped me in the face and had sex with my wife. <laughs> you know what the best part <laughs> Exactly. And then it poured sugar in my guest. You know what the best part of this book is? There's an ad <laughs> on the back for Scott Pilgrim 4. Ooh, oh, yeah. Well, okay. There's a certain yeah, It's from Rumble. Rumble. Way. Um, yeah. I, I really wish I could recommend it, but I cer- I can't. Right. Well, not well, to that then. Yeah, but you I can, can warn the warn the people. Right, but um, but if you wanted to, you could make recommendations on your Netflix account. Yes. Um, and you could do that, and you could see Josh's recommendations by joining Netflix. Uh, Netflix is the great online DVD provider of movies. They send them straight to your home. You pick what you like, um, and there's no late fees. Uh, keep it for as long as you want. They deliver it um, straight to your house. Uh, and if you sign up now by going to www.netflix.com slash ifanboy, you can get rate plans starting from four ninety nine and up, and you get a two-week free two-week free trial. And feel free to befriend us on Netflix and give us your movie recommendations and vice versa. Sure. Season six. Sorry. Yeah. That's what you've got. What so. do you got, Ron? On Netflix right now, yeah. I got the U.S. versus John Lennon, Ooh, nice. the documentary. Yeah. I just so. got in Diner and The Good Shepherd. Cool. I have Pan's Labyrinth too. I have to watch that. Cool. Awesome. Nice. All right, excellent. So go to www.netflix.com/ifanboy. Yeah. So. Awesome. All right. Cool. Yeah. So we we talked a lot about the books. Josh was right. It was a good it was a good week for books. Um, so we wanted to dive right into the voicemail. Um, and I know you know throughout the history of our show, a lot of times we've complained about the heat, but you know we're not the only ones. 
loving Planet Hulk right now. It's really good. Hope you guys enjoyed it too. And I did like Fantastic Four. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's not kidding. It's hot. I, it's, it's hot in, in the Northeast. It's hot everywhere, actually, but it's been bad. Ugh. Didn't you see the western part of the country was literally on fire last early in the week? And they're always he was, they get used to it. Was he sneaking this call at work? That's what it sounded like. It's not like he was in the back. I, yeah, exactly. To me, every call that he makes now is from the bus. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Our next voicemail is um, about one of my new favorite villains. Hey, guys. This is Shag from the Unique Geek. I'm a longtime comic reader, but new listener to your podcast. I really like the show, and I'm going to keep listening. Uh, i got a question for you. I've been out of town for a couple of weeks, and I just picked up my comics, and I read the Sinestro, uh, Green Lantern Sinestro Corps special. And I was wondering, am I the only one who thinks that Ethan Van Scriver is trying to draw Sinestro to look like the love child of Hitler and Vincent Price? Just wondering if it's just me. Thanks, guys. Great shows. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, Green Lantern also came out this week, and we didn't talk about it, but it talks about the Sinestro Corps and moves it on, and it's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, you've totally picked up on the look. And actually, if you go and listen to the recent interview with Ethan Van Skyver on Word Balloon, um, the Word Balloon podcast from John Suntress, um, Van Skyver actually, it's the, the interview starts off with Van Skyver explaining how he thinks Sinestro is basically the cosmic Hitler. So right. you, that's completely intended. There's a, um, there's a fantastic explanation of how he draws Sinestro to act a certain way that just right. makes it. So go. The, the one difference is there's no mention of Vincent Price, but now that you mention it, I do kind of see it, and that kind of creeps me out because I think of that Brady bu- like that, I think of that Brady Bunch episode, and that creeps me out. So mm-hmm. when in Hawaii with the tiki, anyway. Uh, <laughs> Vincent Price was in that one. Yeah, the when yeah he he lived in the cave. He was the guy who I remember the spider. Yeah. Oh yeah, the spider. <laughs> no, oh, still God, it's move along, and the, move along. And the music. All right, um, so <laughs> here's some here's some happy news from uh, a previous uh, caller uh, writer email writer. Hey guys, it's Brody the wedding guy. Uh, I'm on my honeymoon, so I thought I'd give you guys a call because I was thinking about you. Uh, the wedding went well. I ended up uh, putting a Batman figure on top of the cake. And the wedding parties walked into the reception from the uh, with the uh, Batman theme from Batman '89. So yeah, it went well. Thank you for your advice and for everybody else that gave me some tips. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Adios. Aww, nice. Isn't it? It's glad to, it's good to circle back and close the book on some of these stories. And for those of you who don't know what he's talking about, um, he uh, Brody wrote into our relationship show from our video show. Uh, which you can you can go to ifanboy.com and click on video podcast and go back to what episode number was it? Uh, called Love. 23, I think? Yeah, yeah called, Lo- called Love. And um, that was one of his questions was about how far could he push the comics in his wedding. And I guess he just didn't listen to us. Well, we didn't give him any good explanations. We gave him some good ones, man. I don't see why the photographer couldn't have been dressed like Batman. All <laughs> 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 right. So our last, our last email um, is about a topic that's all on our minds these days. Hey guys, this is Damien calling from Rochester, New York. So, I'm on my uh, computer right now, just bought tickets to Comic-Con and my plane ticket. This is going to be my first time ever going to a convention. Going to go meet one of my friends down there, and I have no idea how to do a convention. Wondering uh, what kind of tips and pointers you guys would give a uh, new guy to conventions. Thanks. Talk to you later. Well, Damien, there's, there's, you're prepared to be over, overwhelmed. That's, that's what we can say. I mean, it's all the stuff that, that, that you, all the practical stuff you can think of. Bring, bring bottles of water. Bring comfortable shoes. 
don't bring so many books that you don't want to carry them around all day. Yeah, yeah. Be, be prepared. To whatever you carry in there, you're going to have it with you all day long. Yeah, the, the, two, the two best words of advice, and that's very good, is being a very comfortable bag to carry the stuff you buy or carry the stuff you have with you and go to the ATM before you go to the convention. Do not try to go to the ATM at the convention because the ATM lines are ridiculous. Speaking of at the so. – basically anything you can bring in, do that you know, with, you know, with, without having it too heavy because if you have to buy anything there – you know the snack bar, the bottle of water, whatever. It's like the movies or at the you know amusement park. So it's also helpful to I, have like a cargo pant or short that gives you more yeah. um, pockets and store stuff. I would I would advise to stay away from the convention center food, except for the cookies. They're awesome and they're exactly what you need when you come out of a panel. But please don't take my advice because I want there to be enough cookies for me. So uh, okay. <laughs> are those Sally and Field cookies? Yes, they are. Oh, they're so good. Anyway, so so this is probably also a good time to mention um, what we've got. You know what we've got. Uh, you know that we're attending San Diego and kind of what we got lined up for it, right? Guys? That's, that's in like a month or two, right? <laughs> it's like in two weeks. <laughs> how did that? How did that happen? I have no idea. It's it's, it's keeping me up at night. So um, wow, it's so literally, we, it's literally yeah, wow. It's yeah, literally two so, weeks from two weeks from you. Yes, sorry, I just realized. That. Go ahead. <laughs> So we are indeed going to be at the San Diego Comic Con like we were last year. Um, a whole bunch of things that we that we were involved with and we got planned for you guys. If you go to ifanboy.com, there's a post at the top of the page, or if you go over to the forums on revision3.com, uh, there's a post up there that you can read all about it. Basically, here's the rundown. Here's what you need to know. Um, there are two panels this year that that we that we are going to be on. Um, right, Josh is the one you're on. Yep, uh, that's the the sort of we did a podcasting panel last year. We had a bunch of different podcasters from different big shows on. Uh, and then we're doing the podcasting one year later panel, um, which doesn't have all of the same people on, but it's got some different people in it, and a, a you know a smattering from across the podcast world of people who are going to be there. That is going to be on Thursday night from five thirty to seven. Uh, it's not the best time, but you know it, it's it'll, it'll be a lot of fun, and then we can you know you can go get something to eat after. Let's not criticize the time. Any time is a good time for a panel. It's dinner time. Um, and then the second panel we're on is on um, Saturday uh, from 1.30 to 2.30, and that's uh, Connor and I will be on that panel, and that's uh, Podcasting 101. And basically, if you're ever curious how to do a podcast or how we do a podcast or you know that sort of thing, come here, check it out. We're going to be on the panel along with Joe from Comic News Insider and John from Comic Talk Cafe. So definitely um, that's going to be a fun one to check out. And I know, unfortunately, John Suntress from Word Balloon won't be there for the Thursday one, but he'll be in attendance in the audience on the Saturday. He one, was, so he he was coming to the Thursday one, but he's not going to get there until Friday. And- uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, can, I can say that I, Ron and I at least were crushed. Yes, exactly. Well, wow. Connor was too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know. It was like, wait, wait, wait. Right. <laughs> Ron and I commiserated about it. We weren't there for that conversation. Okay. Yeah, you weren't in the airport. It's true. Last year. Yeah. Anyway, so um, so definitely check. Check, check those panels out, um, but then also the the good news is that we're th- we're going to throw a little party Friday night. Yeah, Friday um, night party. Yeah. What are the what's um so basically what the what the deal is is that um after the con breaks Friday night around eight o'clock uh there's a bar called Basic where we're gonna be hanging out all night. Um you can go to ifanboy.com and there's a link to get all the details and you can RSVP for the party. But essentially um the we'll be there from eight o'clock on. The first sixty six people or so will get a free drink for attending, and we're gonna have some other cool giveaways to be there. And we're gonna be there with our friends from the Totally Rad Show, um as well as some other special guests. And also um that's it's the same night as the Eisners, um, and the Eisners will be ending at 10.30, but I know for a fact that a lot of people are going from the Eisners to this party, so it's so you want to stick around to see who shows up.
up. It's going to be a good time. Make it so. your official after party if you are going to the Eisners. Yeah, exactly. And then so. we've, we've been to the Eisners. You can, yeah. yeah. And then, then we're going to be running around the, the the con floor and panels from Wednesday night through Sunday when it closes. So if you see us, please come say hi. We'll have stickers. Um, we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to meet you. So um, it should be a good time. So we're we're excited. And if you're going to San Diego, come over to iFanboy.com and comment on the thread and let everyone know that you're coming. So we can yeah, see yeah. who's going to be if right. Yeah, if you come, come to the party, definitely let us know our CP so we can get an idea of who's going to be there so we can you know just square everything exactly. away. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Come one, come all. Thanks. Bring your friends and your family. Yeah, uh, good Excellent. news. Uh, good news about it also is that um, it's a restaurant, not a bar. Uh, yeah. So if you're not 21, you can actually come uh, at least for the earlier part of the evening. So, yeah. So, cool. Yay! That's in a, two weeks. Oh. Two weeks. <laughs> so how, how? Yeah. It's more like a week and a half, actually. If you think about it. I think I. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> this was a killer week, folks. My feet uh, hurt just thinking about it. <laughs> We can't start that already. Oh. Can't complain about it if we haven't even started. Come on, yet. by Sunday, you know your feet are going to hurt. My feet still hurt from Heroes Con. Yeah. Um, if you're going to be going around the con floor or you want to show up in something snazzy for the comic book folks, you can always go to geekarmor.com and they sell uh, T-shirts. Uh, you know, for those of the uh, of the comic book mindset or the the the, uh, the geek culture stuff. Uh, you know, lots of sci-fi, comic book, uh, movie and TV T-shirts, that kind of things. Um, so go there and check them out. And thanks for supporting us. That's geekarmor.com. Uh, A-R-O-M-R. You know how to spell geek, I assume. I want that Arkham Asylum t-shirt, kind of. <laughs> You've been good. <laughs> so, all right, cool. So that about wraps up for this week. Um, and we uh, should have mentioned earlier that if you want to call a voicemail, you can call 1-888-FANBOYS. Uh, That's 1-888-326-2697. And um, also you can send in an email, contact at ifanboy.com. We read and respond to all emails, and we pick out some and throw them on the show. So please write in or call in. We'd love to hear from you. Yep, and if you want to, you go to ifanboy.com. Well, if you want to, you should. And there's a lot of good in-depth discussion there. You can read uh, Josh's pick of the week, read his fables review, and you can also see what everyone else thought. There's lots of good discussion about the books of the week. And uh, you go there and post. And you can also go to the forums, which are linked to the top of ifanboy.com. They're on revision3.com, and you can... Uh, Join in the fun there. There's a writer and artist thread, as always, where artists and writers can meet and commiserate and work on stuff together. Excellent. Uh, it's good stuff. You also want to remember that uh, every Wednesday, in addition to this audio show that we do, we talk about – in the audio show, we talk about this week's uh, current releases, things like that. Uh, the Potpourri that is a video show comes out every Wednesday. Um, uh, this past week was the Heroes Con show, which we were very proud of. And then this week coming up, um, Ron, how would you describe it? Um, we we spend some time with somebody who um, we know you've seen their work and we know you appreciate it. Very neat so. handwriting. Yes, indeed. Very nice. So, um, so that's going to be out this Wednesday. Uh, it'll be up on the site around three o'clock Eastern time, noon West Coast time. Yeah, um, it's going to be a good show. I'm very excited about it, actually. Cool. So, and then if you um, if you're bored at work and you're playing on the internet, there's a whole bunch of stuff you could do to uh, to participate in the iFanboy world. Um, you can go to frapper.com/ifanboy. And last week I said we were gonna start highlighting some folks, and I promised we would. So, uh, Rick from Harvey, Illinois, and Chris Schmidt from Grand Forks, North Dakota, and Jeffrey Penland from Overland Park, Kansas, and Crimson Dynamo from Paisley, Scotland, were the Whoa. most uh, the four most recent Frapper mappers. Crimson so, Dynamo. Um, Crimson a- Dynamo, yeah, yeah, and and his comment was "Death to Iron Man." So, uh, <laughs> he's he like the the Soviet. Yeah, he's a Soviet <laughs> Iron Man. You know, yeah. all those Cold War Soviet characters just sort of became like, oh, what do we do with these now? 
Yeah. He must so have hated when the wall fell down. Mm-hmm. It's good. Well, obviously he's hiding out in Scotland, so um, good for him. So anyway, so go to frapper.com/slash/ifanboy, um, and you could all, and you could also, if you're not suffering from social network sickness like the rest of us, you can go to myspace.com/slash/ifanboy or comicspace.com/slash/ifanboy or go to verb.com/slash/ifanboy or head over to facebook.com and search for ifanboy. And there's also an ifanboy group you can be a part of, and all the funness on the internet. Another yeah. way to help us out uh, would be to uh, vote for us at Podcast Alley or write a review in iTunes. Uh, Chris from Around Comics was talking some crap about how he had more uh, reviews than us. That's all I'm saying. Um, so you can go there and leave a, a review for the, sh- the audio show or the video show. Uh, even better than that, um, just tell people who you think would dig the show. Um, if you really like it, that, that helps You know anybody anybody who, who doesn't. Maybe maybe they don't even know what a podcast is. There's lots of people out there like that still. Um, you know, Show them a couple of the shows and, and tell people what you like. Uh, or you you could just go to the podcasting section and dig, or you can dig there. All sorts of things. And if you like cool. the show and you want to donate some cash, you can uh, go to ifanboy.com slash donations, or you can click on the donate box on the website, and you can use your PayPal or whatever you like, and uh, and uh, send some cash to ifanboy. Yeah. And um, and you're going to want to keep an eye out on ifanboy.com throughout the con as we post, and on the forums as well as we post whatever news and stuff that we find interesting, um, and you know, kind of the experiences of the con. I know that people might be interested to know that Gordon the intern will be at the con. Gordon the intern will be, and Patrick the intern. And yeah. Patrick the intern, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so we're going to be we're going to be in full effect. Yeah. So. I don't think I've ever met Gordon. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I did on that one video we did. <laughs> Wait, is he so kidding? Actually, real? I don't know. I'm not telling anyone. That's <laughs> actually we'll we'll, show, we'll pull people behind the court curtain. Gordon is actually CG. <laughs> He's completely animated. He doesn't exist. We created him. That's it's, why it's, the, after- the donations are important because that's that's true. Exactly. It takes. It takes a lot to render Gordon. Basically, so so. Funny, the production budget for the show is is almost nothing until you get to Gordon, and then each show actually that each show that he shows him and actually costs three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's, it's killing us. Yeah. It's killing us. We're so, in a yeah. bit of a red state. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next week, our pre San Diego show. I'm Ron. I'm Copper, and I'm Josh. 